Hello and welcome back to the Harvard Hoops podcast. I'm Liam, your host. Uh, no Ben today. He is at work uh, for our team special, as always. So he'll be back at the weekend to talk about all things NBA. We're going to go through some of the uh, teams. Um, but today we're joined by Mikey from Orlando Magic UK. And um, this is also our 100th episode. So uh, Mikey's very privileged to come on for this episode. So Mikey, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm doing very well, mate. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. No, no worries. Uh, there's, I think, 10 teams we haven't done yet uh, for our team special. So the Magic was one of them. We've had G on before, but that okay. was a player episode and uh, he spent most time just slating players that he hated. So that was fun. No, that doesn't sound like Garrett at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was uh, a lot of Lakers and Celtics hate, which we enjoyed on the podcast, I must say. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I'll I'll stick with him with that and you can throw some Miami stuff in there as well. But um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, he loves he loves a rant, does Garrett. Yeah, he does love a rant. It was a, it was a very, very good episode. Uh, plan for today, we've got five magic questions to ask Mikey, specific ones. Uh, and then also we're going to ask him a bit of an Eastern Conference general question. Uh, see his views on that, because uh, we spoke about the West quite, quite a lot last week. Uh, first of all, before we go into specific ones, mate, just wanted to ask, uh, what are your thoughts on generally this season? I'm a Mavs fan. Obviously, Mosley was uh, uh, one of our coaches. He's now your head coach. Uh, I loved him at the Mavs. Yeah. What are your thoughts on him and, and how he's doing so far? Uh, he, he's got a great amount of energy about him. He's got a, he's got a very good demeanour. Uh, you can tell the players like playing for him that they they're very engaged. They listen, um, and you can tell that not just in interviews but also during the games. He's putting arms around players and taking them to one side and giving them a bit of a giving them a bit of talking to a bit a bit of coaching a bit of love. Um, sometimes when when they're playing through a bit of frustration. Um, which you can see from time to time, he, he sort of calms them down and and gets them to reset a little bit. So um, yeah, no, he's he's the perfect sort of first year head coach you want uh, with a rebuilding team. He's got a very very good amount of energy about him, um, and, and obviously the wins aren't there at the moment, but that will come once we get healthy. And um, yeah, he, he's he's doing a, he's doing a very good job, and we're happy to have him in Orlando. Yeah, he's got a very good record with young players, which suits the team perfectly, isn't it? Because like, I think you're the second youngest team behind the Rockets, aren't you? In the whole of the NBA, basically. So, uh, yeah. yeah, he's a he's a pretty good fit. Um, what about the uh, GM and ownership? Are they likely to stick by him if you have two seasons like this, where you're maybe not very good, or you think they would jump ship to someone more no. experienced? No, I I don't think that will happen. I think that the this front office is very different. I think they've been. I think this front office took over from Rob Hennigan. I think it was three or four years ago. And they've from day one, they've shown a, a massive amount of patience. They're not they're not going to make rash moves or decisions. Um, obviously, it was a big decision to go and blow things up in March, at the trade deadline and, and go a different direction. Um, and I just feel that this front office aren't going to make any decisions that's going to hamper anything in the short term. And they're certainly not going to they're certainly not going to mortgage their future for the long term um just by trying to make short sighted moves so yeah no they're mostly sticking around that the front office have got lots of patience and we've got a nice young core that that we're moving forwards with so uh yeah it's exciting times apart from the win <laughs> column <laughs> <laughs> yeah i was gonna say let's move on to the, the five specific questions then that i wrote down for you um so first of all, uh, just generally, we ask everyone this who does team-related podcasts or one one lad that came on that's got his own YouTube channel. Um, why do you think doing it is so rewarding? Because uh, obviously, NBA is relatively new in the UK compared to 
uh, how popular it's been in America, but the, the scene's growing. Uh, and also, what have you learned by doing it in terms of basketball and, and people you've met and stuff? Um, that's a really good question. Um, I would say probably the most rewarding thing, and I think we can all we can all kind of fall into this same category that like, I don't have many I don't have many mates who like basketball. So yeah. being able to to open up to a community of other Magic fans and NBA fans that you can talk a bit of ball with um and and enjoy that enjoy that excitement and everything that we we all go through every season um i think that's probably the biggest thing from from doing watch parties um to meeting people at games to to doing all sorts of stuff really um so that that's that's really why we did all this that's really why we started Orlando Magic UK back in well 2016 was was purely to bring magic fans together and and uh, yeah, we've created a nice little community out of it, really. But yeah, um, and what have we learned from it? Um, well, for me, I'm a personal trainer for a living. So in that time, I've learned how to do web development. So I've built our website from scratch, orlandomagicuk.com, um, podcast editing, um, interviewing various people. Um, and for some reason, it's taken off and we've had some wicked guests. We've had Nick Anderson um on in the podcast we've had uh magic ceo alex martins we had on several weeks ago which was which was pretty big so um and we've actually got some pretty big guests lines up in the next few weeks up till christmas as well so um yeah it, it's opened a few doors to things we probably never thought we'd we'd get the chance to do or people we'd interview or people we'd speak to but um yeah it's it's all good really yeah. yeah, I have to say the G League, um, the guy who does the play-by-play for the G League, or I don't, maybe he's the courtside <laughs> announcer. I can't remember his name now, but I watched your interview with yeah. him, and he was he was very very fun. Is it called Lakeland the, the team? Yeah, the Lakeland Magic. Yeah, I think it, Hank Taylor. I think is the guy you're, you're referring yeah. to. Yeah, yeah, he was really fun. That guy. Because obviously, I'm not knowing much about the G League team and stuff, and I listened to him, and I think he called an actual um, proper Magic game as well, didn't he? So I was he listening did. to to him talk about it and the way he lit up about it and he just sounded buzzing and he was so happy to talk to you guys but probably never even meeting you many times before uh, yeah. i thought that was cool absolutely and and he actually joined us so what we uh we did a watch party at right around the the nba draft so we did one on lottery night and draft night and uh, yeah. we all yeah, jumped I, on I watched Zoom. a lot i watched the lottery one uh to yeah. see your reaction afterwards when, when the picks were announced as well yeah it, the, the the only thing we're doing it via zoom is you get the the lag with people at like sort of 10 seconds in front of somebody else so some of it was a bit all over the place but <laughs> hey it's pretty cool to be able to jump on for three hours and and watch it all unfold with each other. And Hank actually joined us. He was sat inside the Amway Centre on draft night when it oh, was all cool. unfolding. And uh, there's also an, a, a YouTuber called Kyle who's got a, a YouTube channel called View from the Cheat Seats. And uh, his channel's all about... He goes to, like, theme parks and all that sort of stuff right, in Orlando. And he oh, was wow. sat inside of the Amway Centre talking to us live... <laughs> on zoom whilst he sat in the draft party which was pretty cool but uh well, yeah cool. yeah have you have you got a favorite interview you've done so far i imagine the ceo one's pretty high up there yeah it's definitely up there um hank actually was probably one of the more one of the more exciting ones um nick anderson was really cool um daryl armstrong was actually a lot of fun ah, cool. we had on so he, you'll know a lot about daryl um, yeah we had him back on i want to say it's maybe august right around uh, summer league 
but uh, Daryl's always a lot of energy, so um, he's cool. He's definitely a lot of, lot of fun. Yeah, it's nice to see people from uh, the UK getting such good coverage. I know, obviously, Dan from Miami Heat UK, with that on here, he gets a couple of people that work for the Heat go on his podcast. So it does show that yeah. it's expanding over here all the time, isn't it? Every season, I think, we're, we're, people are getting better guests and they're getting better at doing what they're doing. And so credit to all of you, really, because it's good for us people that, that watch. Yeah, and do you know the other thing is how supportive everybody else is on the other side of the pond of all the stuff we do as well. Yeah. Um, and that goes a long way because we obviously stand out a little bit with the British accents and <laughs> um, and, and Geraint being from the valleys where nobody can understand him. But uh... <laughs> Yeah, I was going to say, the strong Welsh accent uh, probably doesn't help in some interviews. It does make me laugh. Uh, but, uh, one of my favourite scenes is still your uh, famous Jalen Suggs uh, uh, mate. performance where you may have accidentally said his name wrong. And I think NBA, was it UK fans, they tweeted out as well. And I have to say, I did watch that and showed my wife it who has no idea who Jalen Suggs is. But... <laughs> She did laugh ahead off as well. That was good. <laughs> yeah, fortunately, we've just hit the 350 mark on YouTube, so we can uh, get that competition out of the way now, and I don't have to say his name again. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, Rich Barrett from uh, NBA UK fans has let me know about that, and every now and then I get a little tweet from him when Jalen when Jalen sucks his names uh, announced. He's like Jalen who? So uh, yeah, I'm never gonna live that one down. But do you know what? If you can't laugh at yourself, mate, then what, what can you do? Do you know what I mean? It's all exactly. Good fun. Especially when you're doing as much live stuff as uh, as you guys do, which is um, is really good. Uh, let's yeah. move on to the actual team then. Uh, obviously, f- what is it? 5-18 and 18 at the moment. I think your second worst record in the Eastern Conference. I think Detroit, oh, maybe one one below you in the loss column. Um, yeah. You've had some good wins. I watched the Knicks game where Cole Anthony was really good and he did the bing bong. That was, that was incredible. Uh, obviously, <laughs> you've had some bad losses to teams maybe going into it. You think, okay, we could actually win tonight. But what are your views on... Uh, as a fan, on teams tanking in general, maybe before Magic did it, and obviously now you're supporting a tanking team, what are your views on it, uh, having to watch I, it weekly? I hate it, mate. I absolutely <laughs> hate tanking. Um, I get it, um, and that's the way yeah. the league's set up, isn't it? That you, you don't want to be stuck in the middle, which many would argue that's where Orlando have been for the last two or three years. Um, yeah, a lot of eight seeds, wasn't it, at one point in time? Yeah, a couple. Of, we, I think we finished seventh, uh, the year we actually went to the playoffs when we when we made our trip over when we played the Raptors in the first round, um, and I think we were tied with the Nets for sixth if my memory serves me right. But anyway, that that's besides the point. Um, but yeah, the Magic was stuck in in mediocrity, um, and it's good that you get the chance to sort of rebuild your team. Um, and obviously, different teams have different philosophies and the way they like to do things. Market size can obviously play, play its part. I mean, the Magic aren't... I wouldn't say that Orlando are in a small market, but they're certainly not in one of the bigger markets either. So they've got to approach team building and, and the way they do things very differently to, to say, the Lakers or Celtics or the Knicks. Um, so I get it, but, oh, mate, it's so frustrating. I mean, you get to, like, February, March, and then you... you you're partly you're waking up in the morning watching a game and you're thinking, ah, oh, I just want to watch them win. But when yeah. they win, you're also annoyed because they've they've they might have ruined their lottery odds or whatever. But yeah, no, I I can't stand losing. So um, I also don't think it's a good thing for for cultures and and yeah, and for young players, it's hard, isn't it? Massively, mate. Massively. I mean, you only have to look at last night's game with OKC. What was, yeah. the, what was there? Seventy-three point loss to uh, to Memphis. Yeah, and, and they lost what, fifty-six a month ago to someone else as well, and it's just hard it, to take. Yeah, 
and and the problem with stuff like that is that then becomes a hard habit that teams have to then break and and those teams once they've got players they can build or they've then got to learn how to win games and yeah you, you got to stay competitive so I, I mean we said at the beginning of the season if the magic can play as many meaningful games as late into the season as possible that's a win-win you, you might not win many games but if you yeah. can like Philadelphia, we lost two on. I think it was Monday evening. And we were right at we were right in that game up until the last couple of minutes, and and I think we lost by five or six in the end. But you don't mind losing games like that where it's competitive and and players can learn from it. But when you're getting blown out by 50, 60, 70, I mean that's not doing anybody any good, is it? No, it's not. But, were your views the same on so before the Magic ever tanked <clears> and you used to watch teams like? Well, the Knicks did it, obviously, for a number of years. You had Philadelphia with the Kings of tanking. W- did you yeah. have the same view then? Or is it since you've watched your own team do it, you've kind of realised how w- worse it is? No, I, I, I don't think it does anybody any favours, really. Um, yeah. And I don't think it makes the just the product of, of watching basketball very good, especially later in the season when you've got good teams. Because yeah, then you've you got good players resting against rubbish teams. and Yeah. It, it waters down the quality of the basketball you watch quite often. So, um, yeah, I don't think anybody's a fan of it really, but you can kind of understand it, can't you? Because it also yeah. makes it also makes it interesting in the off season with the lottery and the draft and and all those sorts of things that happen. But yeah, yeah, a lot of the coverage I imagine even you guys are going to get for next. I know you, you'll get probably good numbers every week, but when it comes to draft season. It uh, wouldn't surprise me if some of your numbers actually went up because people were really interested to talk about who the Magic are going to draft, who's going to be the next superstar. If they get number number one, who they're going to go with, like stuff like that. People love it in the offseason as well, don't they? Yeah, massively. Yeah, massively. Uh, I do think the kind of smoothing of the odds, because now it's top three, isn't it? We've got the same. It's not so heavily yeah. weighted to number one. I do hope that that'll mean that even though teams want to lose, they don't necessarily want to lose 70 games, you know what I mean? They're quite happy to win 20 games and finish with the fourth worst record and still get the number one pick, potentially. I think yeah. that might help a little bit, but I still think teams like OKC are just going to go heavy on it for probably four years. But I, I saw a um, shout-out to, to some of our Magic fans. we got a, a private Twitter group with about 40, 50 of us in it, and guys are commenting. And some of the comments in there this morning were saying that when you lose a game like that, the, the the Thunder should be giving every other team in the league a draft pick and they'd still have about 50 left in, <laughs> left in their bag. Yeah, they would. They could sacrifice as many second round picks for whatever reason oh. and they'd still have like 20 first round picks in the next it's three. It's crazy. It's yeah, crazy. It, it is crazy. Um, cool. Well, speaking of tanking then, uh, obviously last year you had two first round picks because of the, the Vooch trade. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm uh, we do a lot of draft stuff on here. I I'm a, was a draft analyst as well for uh, a website in America. Uh, I love Franz Wagner, also like Jalen Suggs. I was wondering what your view on both of them are. I think Wagner's been pretty good in the last three or four games that I've watched. Uh, obviously, Suggs is injured as well, I think now. But what are your views on both of them so far this season? Uh, they've shown shown a lot of potential. Um, I would say the two of them have been very consistent. Suggs Suggs is probably the one that's taken a lot of heat. Um, purely because his offensive, excuse me, his his offensive numbers have uh, have not been where we want them to be. But we played the Cavaliers last week, and uh, David Steele, who we had on the podcast at the weekend, was saying that if you look at Jalen Suggs's numbers now and compare them to somebody like uh, oh, who's the who's the guard that plays for the Cavs? <laughs> we got his name now. Sexton or Garland? Uh, Garland, that's the one. Yeah. And how he's taken the jump in year three, 
and yeah. he's and he's starting to to st- stop making the sort of mistakes he was making in the first year or two. Um, and I, and I think Jalen Suggs is probably going to trend that way. But defensively, Suggs has been right up there. He's actually ranked one of the best point uh, pick and roll defenders in the league, even after twenty odd games and and some of the players he has to go up against. So. Um, once Suggs sort of figures it out offensively and he starts to pick out his spots um, where he can shoot the ball and find some consistency there, that'll open up the floor for him and he can start getting other teammates involved. Um, but he was a pretty hyped pick when we got him in at the draft when uh, Toronto passed on him. So there was a lot of excitement when Suggs fell to five. So, yeah, he's he's been very good. But offensively, he's, he's certainly had his struggles. And, and Franz Wagner, mate, has just missed the consistency. He's, he's had a couple of up and down games, but he's had a couple of like top end of the 20. I think he had 27 against Philadelphia on Monday. Um, he just flashes everything. He's, he can shoot the three. He's, what, he's a very, very good pick and roll defender. He's a very good perimeter defender. He can move his feet really well. Um, he's a good passer. He's always in the right spots at the right time. Um, he's just very, he's just a very intelligent player. And and, we're, and to be fair, we were pretty lucky to get him because I, I think it was Zach Lowe I was listening to on the Low Post a couple of weeks ago. And he was talking about Franz, how if uh, if the Warriors decided to have picked Wagner, he would have fit perfectly with Steph Curry and Clay Thompson and Draymond. But obviously they went Kaminga and, and Wagner was there at eight. So... Yeah, we got two really, really good building blocks in Wagner and Suggs, as well as everybody else that we've already got. But they've uh, they've had a very good start to the season, considering how young we are with all the injuries we've had as well. Yeah, we've got so when we do our draft season, we've got CJ C. Marchesani who comes on. He's yes. um, a draft expert in America, got his own website and everything. And he loved France. So I was kind of made aware of France earlier than a lot of people, probably about a year before, maybe a year and a half before he was drafted, just because CJ was saying, you need to watch this kid, you need to watch this kid. Uh, and then I found out he was Mo's brother. Uh, so I knew he'd have yeah. a bit of moxie about him because obviously Mo, <laughs> Mo has definitely got moxie about him. Uh, but the shooting was incredible. He can hit shots from all over. He, I know mid-range is discouraged now in the NBA, but in college he would just hit wide open three-pointers. Then five seconds later, he'd have a contested two from like 16 foot and it would go straight in and, uh, yeah. I just think he's the perfect player. And he's actually perfect for how many guards you've got because he doesn't yes. need the ball a lot, does he, to play? Whereas you guys have got loads of guards that enjoy having the ball. And I think Franz yeah. is perfect to play with those guys. And he's also had a bit of a a lift since Cole Anthony's come back because when he went down with, I think it was a sprained ankle, he's the sort of player that he needs people to create for him. And, yeah. and without Cole Anthony out on the floor, he's had his struggles. He's not really been involved a huge amount offensively in certain games but yeah he's shooting 36% from three um, and quite often a lot of a lot of his misses still look really good so it's just I think it's just a case of getting reps in and and that experience of Wagner and he'll uh and he's also got hops I don't know if you saw the the dunk against the Timberwolves but that uh that got some hype online which is cool yeah, he had some nice blocks, actually, in college as well, where um, people went out. And there's a kid coming out of this year's draft uh, who tried to dunk on him, who was, like, traditionally very good at dunking. And Franz just blocked him at the rim and then went at the other end and scored a three and the whole place went nuts. So, yeah, yeah he's, a, he, he's a fun player. And he, and he had a big one against Jokic on uh, Wednesday against the Nuggets to help us win that game. He, he, hit, he hit a step back three to give the Magic a three-point lead. And then I think it was either the, 
the, the following possession, Jokic is attacking the basket and Wagner's blocked him. So uh, yeah, yeah, that was the, that, that was that was the three where he kind of went into the paint and then came back out, wasn't it? To, yeah, uh, saw everybody yeah. collapse into the paint and then he's like, oh, I'll step back and I'll, I'll have a wide open three. Yeah, as a Mavs fan, I was happy with that win. I need the Nuggets to lose as many games as possible, <laughs> so that was good. Uh, quickly going back to Suggs then, do you think partly why maybe people judge him harshly is because of how well Scotty Barnes has done, who was picked one pick before him? Sorry, say that again, Liam. Uh, I said, um, in terms of Jalen Suggs, do you think that he's kind of not harshly looked upon, but maybe not as been praised as much as he should have, just because Scotty Barnes went a pick before him, who obviously has done better than most people think? Yeah, possibly. Um, I mean, they're they're probably always going to draw a little bit of a comparison because one was picked over the other. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. And obviously, Barnes has had a really good season for for Toronto. But Suggs is the sort of player that he's going to need a bit of time, and and he's playing a position that's arguably one of the hardest positions to learn on, in the NBA. And and as he gets his his handling improves and. And he, like I said, he gets, starts getting other players involved. Then I think, uh, then I think those comparisons might start to go away when he starts answering some of the critics. But yeah, I, I don't know. We we played Toronto. I think it was about three or four weeks ago now, and and everybody wanted to compare the two, and as all Suggs is up against Barnes, and yeah, I don't know. It always, <laughs> it always happens in drafts. It's, of course uh, it does. As a Luca. Uh, super fan. I get the Trey Young stuff on a daily basis from my mates, so it doesn't surprise me that those two are going to get that comparison for, for the rest of their career as well. Absolutely. Um, cool, let's move on uh, just away from those two then into to some other players. Uh, I wanted to know, uh, obviously in the next three, four years, this team's probably going to change completely because you've really got yourself set up well with so many young talents. Obviously that Wendell Carter Jr. contract looks really good. Um, but out of the current roster, I was wondering which top four players you'd want to stick around long-term. So just say the Magic in four years are fighting for a sixth seed in the East. Which yes. four of the current crop would you want to be in your like 10-man rotation the most? Because you've got loads of young players. You've literally got like, that... nine young players, haven't you, that could stick around. Okay. Yeah. Well, no, we have. Absolutely. Um, I would say right now, top of that list is probably Cole Anthony. Uh, he yeah. looks like he's... He, to me, he's he's the next superstar player that, if you could pick one out of this current roster, the way they're playing, he's probably up there at the moment. Um, so Cole's definitely in that four. Um, I would pro I would probably have to stick with Suggs and Wagner just because you drafted the two of them this year, um, yeah. and obviously they've got massive massive amounts of room to grow. Um, so you'd argue you could argue those two. Now the fourth spot is really difficult. Um, yeah, I'm a Jonathan we, Isaac fan, but the injuries are a worry. Yeah, I love Ji, um, and he's been my favourite player for like three or four years now. But you can't include him in that foot. Now a healthy Ji, based on what he played like in in the 2019 playoffs against Toronto. Um, uh, and down the stretch of that season when they made the playoffs, he was massive. Um, but like I said, there's a lot of question marks. There's a few question marks still around Markel Fultz because you've got the jump shooting. Obviously, he's, he's going to be coming off an ACL. So he's he's going to have another year where he's got to get himself back up to speed and, and see where he fits with the rest of the roster. Um, 
See the guy I'd, I the guy I'd like to throw in there, and he's been solid this season's Wendell Carter, who yeah I, I like more and more. Um, and he's versatile. He can play the four. He can play the five. He's physical. He can rebound. And and what he's really added to his game this year, shooting the three, he's up to thirty six percent. And I think he was always been around about twenty twenty four. Um, and he's play, and he's taken a a much bigger volume of threes as well this year. So. Yeah, I'd, I'd probably, it would be a toss-up between Wendell and, and Fultz for me, but if you're looking at Suggs and Cole Anthony going forwards, then I'd probably want to shore up the, the five spot with Wendell. What would you think? Would you would you yeah. agree? so I'm so into Jonathan Isaac, it's hard for me to not put Isaac, <laughs> because uh, he is the, he's literally the perfect modern-day player with the, the wingspan, is incredible. But yeah, I think, so I think Wagner and... Um, Wendell Carter fit perfectly as like a, they can yeah. both play three, right, one can play three and four, one play play four and five. And I do think those two work quite well together. So yeah, I think over faults, I would be, I, I would be agreeing with you, but I'd be too tempted for me to put Jonathan Isaac in because <laughs> I just, uh, I've got a, a common history of trying to pray that injured players get to back to being how good they were before. But uh, is he due to play at all this season? Uh, J.I., uh, well, <laughs> Mate, who knows? I have yeah. I honestly have no idea. Um, the the rumor has it that Fultz is going to be back very shortly. He's actually practicing with Lakeland at the moment, uh, oh, going cool. through going through practices with there. Um, we're just about to start a five game road trip, and and I tweeted out yesterday because somebody asked the question, and I said it'll be very interesting if Fultz makes the uh, the road trip because if he does. There's quite a few off days where he's got a lot of time that he could practice and go through walkthroughs with the team. And so if Fultz comes back soon, uh, um, sorry, I'm, I'm going backwards and forwards here. But the thing is, the, what's the worrying thing with J.I. is J.I. tore his ACL five months before Fultz. And Fultz yeah. is on the verge of coming back very shortly. Um, and there's still no real no real answer on when Isaac's coming back. I honestly don't know. I, I think we might see him towards the end of the season, but right now, if I could, if I probably took a guess, I'd re- I'd probably say it'd be February or March after yeah. the all-star break that we might see J.I. for a few games. But given his injury record, management are not going to be rushing him back anytime soon. So I don't know, mate. I hope so. I'd love yeah. to see him back on the floor because... Again, he's so versatile. I'd love to see him play next to Wendell. Those two play in the four and the five, um, and that's not taking any away from taking anything away from Bamba because he's he's certainly improved this season. Now he's been given a bit bit more opportunity to play. But yeah, what do the what do the fans think of Bamba? Because obviously you've got a couple of people in the media that still are just pre- praying that he can be as good as he should be because his tools are incredible, but he's never quite lived up to it. Do the fans still have like any positivity there or is it kind of just waiting for him to to see if he ends up being traded or, or leaves? I would say before the season, there was probably a minority of the fan base that still had a little belief in Mo. Mm-hmm. Whereas I would say there's probably a bigger chunk that before the season were, were probably checked out on him, to be honest. But now we've seen what he can do as the season's gone on. He's, like you said, he's got the tools, he's got the length, he's got the shot blocking ability. Um, I would argue he's still got a little bit of weight to put on and, and physicality and strength he needs to add to his game. But he's got the touch, he can shoot the three. Um, again, this is what this is what I would argue is, because I think it was Geraint asked me this the other day, was who would you pick? Would it be Wendell or Mo? And 
the thing is mo does things mo can do things that wendell physically can't like you you can't you can't just grow seven i think it's seven foot six wingspan not everybody has that um but i don't know it's a really difficult thing um consistency is hard isn't it with bamba that's the problem whereas wendell yes. this this season has looked the same player in majority of games i think absolutely yeah mo, mo doesn't mo doesn't play as well when he's going up against bigger more physical players so like Jokic, um i remember playing the pelicans in pre-season he really struggled with valentunis and his physicality yeah. um so mo's got to find that consistency going up against players like that night in night out whereas wendell wendell's played more games hasn't he in his career i think without looking at the numbers so he, yeah, he's he kind of He's kind of uh, used to that a little bit more. But, yeah, everybody's happy with Mo. They're, they're happy with what they've seen. But the problem is, going forwards, they've already committed money to Wendell. Mo's in a, in a contract year. So it's going to be interesting to see whether they're going to say, no, nah, we'll stick with him, we'll bring him back and <laughs> and throw, throw stuff up against the wall and see what sticks, really. I don't know if they're going to keep going down that road or whether next year they're going to start to sort of create a roster that they can move forwards with so it'd be interesting to see yeah well um before we move on to the last two questions just go back to who you said first it's your first answer instantly cole anthony yes. how how fun is it to have him on your team because his post-game interviews are fun enough aren't they? i i love the kid mate he's been absolutely he's been a i said this earlier to uh to paul but he's a breath of fresh air yeah. um like I said, his interviews are great. He actually he actually interviewed after the Denver game, and for him, he's quite subdued. But no, he's got he's got a great attitude. Um, he's got a great amount of energy, um, and and not and even on the court. I mean, he's taken a massive jump. He he had he was thrown into the Lions' den last year with all the injuries that that the Magic had to cope with and faults going down after four games. He had as a rookie going into that team, he had a lot a lot of. Uh, a responsibility straight away so he obviously went through his learning learning curve last year he obviously hit a few game winners so we saw that that little spark we saw those glimpses of what he can do last year but the game's really slowed down for him this year and uh he's found that consistency shooting the ball he's getting to the line um defensively still needs to improve but he's a slightly smaller guard so that's probably something he's always going to have a few issues with potentially but no mate he's been absolutely he's been absolutely superb and and when he's playing it does feel like you've got a chance to uh at least hang around in games a lot even when you're playing the good team so uh yeah hopefully we're going to see more from cole and the magic actually haven't had a 20 point scorer from the guard position since steve francis um which would oh, wow. have been That's a long two, time ago. 2003 four i think it was off the top of my head and he's right on the borderline of that. So uh, it's bit the magic have been long overdue a guard that can can average at least twenty. So Cole hopefully is going to be that guy moving forwards. Yeah, he's a born scorer. I was surprised that he went as late in the draft as he did. Uh, I thought he'd, the year before he was scheduled to be like second pick overall. Uh, and yeah. then obviously, unfortunately, his college season wasn't quite as good. His team wasn't quite as good. Uh, and then they stopped the college season, didn't they, because of COVID? So. Um, but yeah, he's a good player. I think his assist as well. I think he got from like four assists and he's six. Well, I was reading yesterday. I think he's averaging six assists a game and like one steal a game. Oh, sorry, yeah, five point nine. He's on at the moment. Yeah, um, which is and, good and for this, a player like him who scores the yeah. ball a lot. And I'd argue probably the last. I mean, I know he sat out seven games, but probably 
I don't know, the last 10 games, I'd say his assist numbers are even higher um, than they were the other night. Uh, sorry, they were at the beginning of the season. But yeah, no, he's all, and he's a really good rebounder as well for somebody who's his size playing point guard. Um, he's averaging nearly seven rebounds a game. I think he had 16 rebounds against the Knicks earlier in the season, which is like, it's just, it's not right. That's the, game, that? that's the game you won as well. I'm sure you won that game. You won that I game think, with Matt. Yeah, we we play the Knicks every week if we could. But. <laughs> yeah, no, Cole's a fun player. He's probably the all-time um, best podcast guest for you to try and get on one day, isn't it? Because I think he'd be nuts on yes. your podcast. He'd love 100%. it. One hundred percent. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Uh, well, let's move away from current then. Uh, got a question that we also ask, try and ask everyone. What is your all-time Magic starting five coach? And then you can give yourself a sixth man. Yeah, a sixth man as well. So there's no like rules. It could be a current player if you love someone that much, or or, or okay. maybe positionless to an extent i guess yeah uh, I, I know one center you're gonna have so are we are we talking are we talking favorite players or or best players in magic history uh you can do it how you want most people tend to lean on their favorites but a lot of the favorites right. are I'll, also sometimes are the better players as well I'll, I'll go favorites then so uh starting five so i'd probably go with jameer at the jameer at the one yeah uh, Tracy McGrady, top of the list, um, playing two or three. Um, I'd probably go Hedo. Yeah. Hedo Turkaloo. Some good shooting um, there so far in this team. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, now let's think about this. Let's go. Oh, this is an interesting one. I'd play, obviously, the five would probably have to say Dwight, even though I don't like Dwight anymore. Um, but at the time, <laughs> he was unstoppable. Um, who would I go at the four? The obvious one sticking out to me is Rashad. And I don't think... And I love J.I. J.I. when he's top of his game. Let's go J.I. for the defensiveness. Can you imagine going up against J.I. and Dwight Howard in his prime? That would be mental. <laughs> that, that would be mental. I'm surprised Vooch didn't get a consideration. I love Vooch, but you can't. It'd have to be Dwight or Shaq at the five if you're yeah. picking a magic center. Um, did you think I was going to go Vooch, did you? I thought you might put Vooch at four, yeah, and play him next okay. to someone. But um, the defense for Vooch is a different level to uh, Jonathan Isaac and uh, yeah. to everyone else. But yeah, interesting. That's uh, sixth man. Sixth man, the uh, the human torch, Terrence Ross. That's that's a no-brainer. <laughs> and uh, and magic, the head magic, coach. Imagine well, Terrence Ross, by the way, and uh, JJ Reddick coming off the bench. The three-point shooting would be hilariously good. <laughs> that's crazy. That would be crazy. We've had some good sick men in in the past. Um, yeah. A head coach, head coach, probably goes Stan Van Gundy. Yeah, bit of a magic legend as well. The fans yeah. love him as well, don't they? Yeah. Still, he, he, still... we've been we've been trying to get him on the podcast, but um, we're trying. We're still trying. Oh God, that'd be incredible. He's uh, he's really good at play by play now as well, isn't he? Uh, he's one he of the, he's one of the better for me actually. Uh, I was actually fairly frustrated when he went to the Pelicans because I knew that the actual um, I knew it wouldn't work out with him coaching a Zion Brandon Ingram team and the booth we lost probably for me maybe the second best commentator in the whole league, which was a shame. But he's back now, which yeah. is good. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Oh, cool, some good some good players there. Penny Hardaway obviously didn't get a mention or. Um, uh... Not quite up there for you. Before my time, mate. So uh, 2002 yeah. is when I started following the magic. So, um, yeah, Penny was before my time. 
So I, I'm going with players that I've seen play in, the, in a Magic uniform. So nice. Uh, out of interest, not written down. Yes, uh, who's been? Which player and coach has been the most frustrating for you to watch? Because I know as uh, as NBA fans, we've all got that player, even if they're not even that bad that you watch and you're just like, I can't, I just don't want this guy on my team. Which player and coach would fit that that mold for you? Do you think? What since I've been following? What since yes. I've been following the Magic? Yeah, that you've watched um, for the Magic. Yeah. Last season would probably be Dwayne Bacon. He was not a favourite amongst Magic fans. Um, yeah, that was a time. common theme on Twitter from you guys. I remember yeah. seeing clips of. Um, I'm trying to think who else. Aaron Gordon, I would probably throw in that in that category as well. He, he, again, somebody that's shown those flashes, and and everybody, a lot of Magic fans thought he had the chance to become an All Star yeah. or an All Star caliber player. But he just never, he just never turned on consistently. Consistently, I can't even say it. Um, He's not been great but, since he left either, has he? Talking about the, nah, the franchise. Not really, mate. I loved beating him on Wednesday. I just want to <laughs> say that I absolutely loved beating him on Wednesday. Uh, and he had a dunk, didn't he? Early on, and he was getting he uh, quite into the game. And then when they lost, his face was a picture afterwards. Yeah, he had he had a dunk on Tuma. And then what was quite funny, I think it was in the second half. Tuma actually blocked AG, but he fouled him on on the hand. So. Uh, I still got excited just to stop him going going over the top of him to put one down. But yeah, no, it was. Uh, I don't know. The, the, the Nuggets have been in surprising. I mean, I know they've had some serious injuries with Murray and and uh, obviously Porter Junior's out now. Yeah, but they're 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 not where I thought they would be. No, they weren't very good in that particular game either. They were really bad on defense. I thought that game. Yeah, you guys. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Cool. Well, let's move on to, so last question then, not a Magic specific one. Obviously, you watch yep. all these Eastern Conference teams play against your team. So I was wondering, uh, it's quite tightly packed up this year. And there's a lot of teams like Philadelphia, for example, not done as well as people thought. The Bucks started relatively slow. And now they've won like eight in a row. So I was wondering personally, for the Eastern Conference, to, to win the Eastern Conference, how would you rank your top five teams that you think are most likely, I guess, to win from what you've watched? Well, the Nets is number one. I think that's a clear favourite. Uh, yeah. I would probably go. I'd probably go Milwaukee too. Yeah, Giannis playing well again as always. Yeah, and uh, it was it was strange how they got off to such a slow start. I mean, they probably still got a hangover from last season. I wouldn't blame them, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Lopez um, Lopez out as well. Back surgery is not ideal yeah, for them. Out indefinitely, I think, isn't he? So, uh, yeah. but you still fancy Milwaukee? I think they've just signed Demarcus Cousins as well, haven't they? Yeah, they have, yeah. Absolutely. I think those two are the top two by far, aren't they, now with Philadelphia yes. being a bit yeah. worse than they should be. Yeah. Um, I would I would probably go the Bulls at three. Yep. They they've the Bulls are surprised they have surprised me, but they haven't surprised me. I mean they've got the firepower there, but I didn't think they would be firing on all cylinders quite as well as they have to start the season. I mean, there's a long way to go yet as well, isn't there? But yeah, they've been better on defence. Vooch gets a lot of stick, doesn't he, on defence? Yeah. I thought, I knew Caruso and uh, Lonzo, they're always going to be good on defence, but I thought teams would be able to attack uh, players like Vooch a lot more. But to be fair, they've defended a lot better than I thought they, they could, to be honest. And especially with Patrick Williams going down as well, you thought that he might uh, be able to help bolster that front court a bit. But yeah, I would go the Bulls three. Um Heat and Wizards, this is interesting. See, I, I had this debate with Geraint at the start of the season who he was out on the Wizards. He's like, oh, they're not very good. I was like, mate, they are loaded. They they, they haven't, obviously Bradley Bill's their best player. 
Yeah. Um, but they've got a lot of depth. They've got a lot of talent. Um, I think Carl Kuzma's showcasing himself a little bit more now. He's he's not playing under LeBron's <laughs> wing so much. Um, but I do think as the season goes on, with the experience that the Heat have got, I would probably put them at four and probably put the Wizards at five. That would be my... Yeah, that's probably my five. And you already mentioned Philly. I mean... Yeah, got... Philly and the Hawks are probably there before the season. You know, people doing top five, top six. Those two yeah. teams probably mentioned. But both have been a little bit worse, I think, than people think or thought they would be, to be honest. Yeah, and, and maybe the Knicks as well. Um, but I, I feel like they probably, and, and maybe the same for the Hawks, have been found out a little bit. Last year, they, they were both a little bit of a surprise. Um but yeah, that that would be my top five. But I I can't see anybody but the Nets coming out the East this year. I don't know what you think, but yeah, I said that last year as well. Um, Did you? <laughs> yeah, I was pretty much on the Nets the whole season. But yeah, I don't know. James Harden worries me. He's really not getting to the line as much. His defensive numbers are terrible. I don't know if he's lost a step or if he just can't be bothered until maybe February March comes. So I don't necessarily want to doubt one of the best scorers of all time. But uh, yeah, I think if they had Kyrie then it's just a lock, isn't it? But yeah, well, I, I, I wish, I'd pick them, I think. I wish that was the case when we played them the other week because I think he got to the line for about 20 times. <laughs> yeah, that was the game. We got like 17 free throws, wasn't it? But yeah. yeah. Out of all those teams, which one would you want to win the, the East? As a rival fan, obviously everyone has teams they hate. Is there any of them that you would like more than the other to, to do it? Um, the Bucks, yeah. everyone everyone quite liked the Bucks, didn't they, last year? Yeah, yeah, I'd stick with the Bucks as well. I don't like I don't like bandwagon teams, so uh, the Bulls and the Nets are out for me. The Heat, <laughs> nobody should like, and uh, the Wizards are, are one of our... Uh, I wouldn't say I wouldn't say they're a, I wouldn't say they're one of our rivals, but obviously they play in the same division, so I wouldn't which, want Washington to do. Go on. Which team is it that, that Magic fans? I know obviously I speak to G quite a bit, so I know who he doesn't yeah. like. But but which as general, like if I asked a hundred Magic fans, what are the two or three teams that they just hate? Oh, that's easy. The Heat, the Celtics, and the Lakers. I don't think there's I don't think there's any yeah. anything Knicks, else Knicks other than that. Nah, not really. Because because they haven't been very good for a long time, so nobody really cares. <laughs> I'm joking. Yeah, I'm joking. I, I knew it was the Celtics because um, of how much G and I've heard Paul speak about it as well before. But yeah, interesting. So the Celtics, as long as they don't come out of the East, you guys would be happy. One hundred percent, mate. Absolutely. Cool. Perfect. Well, that's all the the questions I had for you. Uh, thanks, mate, for for coming on. Did you want to shout out um, your socials slash Orlando Magic UKs for anyone that might want to go watch stuff that aren't Magic fans or that don't follow you? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, you can follow me on Twitter, MikeyClark87. Um, and obviously for Orlando Magic UK, you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter and YouTube. We're actually also on TikTok now uh, at Orlando Magic UK um, and subscribe to the podcast. Penny for your thoughts. Nice. Need to get a TikTok of you saying Jalen Suggs' name. Uh, Mate, there's... I need to sh- I'll share that for us all over the place. We, we've got um, we've got a new guy called uh, Connell Connell Lacey's just joined us as part of our, a part of our team and he's going to be doing some of our social media stuff on uh, Instagram and TikTok and he's sending me these TikToks that he's doing and I'm looking at this and I'm like mate I have no idea what this is about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that is TikTok unfortunately I think for everyone nowadays unless yeah. you're like 16 it feels like. <laughs> exactly. So I'm leaving him to it. He can if he thinks it works, crack on, pal. Crack on. 
Well, uh, yeah, everyone go follow. Uh, one of the best. Uh, I always say that you guys and Dan from um, Heat UK are, are two of the best in the business. So, yeah, keep up the hard work. Thanks again, mate, for coming on. And enjoy Appreciate the rest it. of the season. Yep. Cheers, Liam. All the best, mate. 